Welcome to Tilt Talk Radio. Today we're going to be talking about army worms. And in our spotlight, we'll be looking at FMC Corporation launching FMC Ventures. Ag History Minute, we're going to talk about the history of dairy breakfast. Cool beans, that's corny. We'll have some current events. We're going to talk about GDUs a little bit toward the end. And we're going to have our number four June Dairy Month challenge. June is over already? It is. And with me today are Bill Schomburg. Hey, guys. Max Garvey. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Todd Schomburg. Hey, all the Tilthies out there. And I'm Matt Brueger, all with Tilth Agronomy. So, yeah, we are almost at the end of June. We're running out of June here. It's a bummer. No more challenges after today. Yep, our last recorded episode for the Dairy Month. I'd like to file a grievance that Dairy Month is a month with only 30 days. It should be a month with 31. <laughs> we can count July 1st. All right. We'll annex That's July 1st <laughs> for June Dairy Month. Annex one in. It's like the annexa- annexation of Puerto, Puerto Rico. Rico. Yep. yep. Nice little Giants reference there. All right, yeah, and I got your last dairy challenge for this week. So we didn't do it live on air. We already did it. Oh. But uh, it, it was... It was We'll have to what? be good at describing Todd, what we did. Todd, si- sidebar here for a second. You don't need to tell the listeners. We could have just fooled them. Told them we just, Max, you don't you want to brag that you, you won already, that well, you are the challenge winner? Yeah, yeah but it, it'd be way more impressive if I did it live. I mean, <laughs> they can't see us. <laughs> don't break the third wall. <laughs> yeah. No, so the, the the Dairy Month challenge I had for these guys this week was the breakfast, since there was no breakfast on the farms, we had our own breakfast on the farm already with all our crew and all the guys from Till. So it was a lot of fun just to just to see everybody and just have our own breakfast on the farm because we didn't get to have any of that. So it was good to do that. And the challenge was, is name the breakfast on the farm menu. So I made up four mock-up plates of uh, of what, counties around kind of do i tried to find ones that were a little unique because otherwise it, they're pretty much the same egg hash browns ham kind of thing so they were all on that but there was a few things that were a little unique to them or a little different so the and max was our big winner how many did you get max i got uh three out of four three out of four right nice. so they nice work didn't even get I, the county you know i didn't even tell them like what counties the four options were and so I was pretty impressive that Max could get three out of four. I've never eaten at a breakfast on the farm before, ever. Have like you been, I've, have you I've been? been, I've been to quite a few. Like you know, we have a booth there, help trying to help the farm out or whatever. If they're a, a client that's hosting, uh, so I've been to breakfast on the farm, but I've never stood in line to eat. We, if you're there to work, they should just say, don't they Here, give Max, you some like, breakfast. They usually breakfast. They feed you, but yeah, it's free. I think you can eat for free, but like I always had to wait in line. It was like, oh yeah, go over there, and there's the lines. Well, like, and it's so busy all the time anyway. Yeah, too, and yeah. to be honest, it's it's all right. It's all, yeah. it's okay with me. The best was when our alumni would scoop ice cream. Mm. Oh, I'm so glad it Culver's does it now. And, oh, do they do it. Now? Oh yeah, they, the two years ago they started, and yeah, because my arm would literally yeah. be numb. See, like I got carpal tunnel, I think, from scooping some ice cream. Big giant so tubs of Cedar Crest. You just. And plow into and, and it's so hard to keep up because you it's either like melting yes yeah. or it's rock hard like there's no in between because i mean it's june so there's a good chance it's gonna be 80 90 degrees that day it, so well i know last year um for kiwani counties it was about 40 degrees and like partially sprinkling like it was super Ooh, cold because i had i had jeans and a sweatshirt on and i remember like underneath the tent i was still like ah, it's kind of 
kind of cold in here. Like it was not not super nice. And the year before Autogamies, it was about 110 degrees. And <laughs> yeah, so you get the best of both worlds, or the worst of both worlds, depending on how you look at it. Yep, all, all in perspective. Yeah, yeah. The winner, the winner of the challenge, got to pick. You know which play to the four they would pick, and um, out of gamies was the last one to be picked. So that was kind of a. I think it's because it's the most know. like benign. It's, it's very blah. Yeah, just it's, eggs, hash browns, cinnamon roll. Yep. The cinnamon roll is their spe- is oh, their special yeah. piece, right? I mean, oh, that's yeah. the. That's, I mean, that, it's a dessert, so it's kind of cool that, that way. That's why I knew that we, it was the autogamy one was the cinnamon the roll. Cinnamon roll. Yep. It's a the, dead giveaway. The dead giveaway, Kiwani. What was that, Max? The pizza. Yeah. The pizza. Kiwani County does pizza every year. You know, the cheese, that's their, their dairy. So they do pizza. I th- How do, Where do they get it, Max? Do you I know? It looks I, just like, and I, I've never been to Kiwani, so this one's hard. I just saw pictures, and they roll it out at like 11 o'clock, right? It's not with the normal breakfast, no, really? No, the first, the first uh, couple waves of people do not get yeah. pizza. And it looks like they I just remember. roll out. They look like Jack's so style. You, I mean, you it's go some next sort year, of frozen pizza that way. If you go next year, go late. Go tour the farm. Well, my, my thought is, why can't they make a breakfast pizza? Oh, right. yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody and their brother has one. Yeah. I mean, start rolling those out. It's got everything... On one, just yeah, serve that. Yeah. Like cheese, eggs, eggs hash browns, meat, cheese. Boom! There's your I, breakfast. I think pizza. I don't. I don't have kids, so I don't know. But I would think most parents who take their kids breakfast on the farm would love it if their only option was was Piece, breakfast pizza. Was pizza. I mean, <laughs> just I, grab slices. You guys have you guys taken your kids to breakfast on the farm as oh yeah spectators? Oh, and yeah. Is it, uh, mostly like half working, half. Is it a gong show? Like. You know what I mean? Where they're like, I need more syrup. I need ice cream. I need cinnamon roll. And I think it's just, just a mess. In, in general, when you take your kids somewhere, it's can be a you know what show. Yeah. Um, so actually, just it's add, not. Like, too, I think it's pretty. People. It's not the worst. And like they just give him so much food that like a little kid. Like yeah, most just, of the I mean, time, I'm just basically batting cleanup. Because I mean, they, the they scoop, the they like, scoop hash browns with a dustpan. Right. right. It, it's, so, it's a one portion deal. Like it's right. Everyone gets the same portion, whether you're I, yeah two just, or twenty four. Can or you just not 84. buy a ticket then, Todd? And just well, like most oh, I time, got like th- I said, I'm volunteering, and then I just go eat my kids' three plates that are left. Yeah, that would be the other thing. That's, I have also never basic. paid for breakfast on the farm, which well, right. you don't have to pay if you don't eat. I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. Hmm. So what did what do we all have there, Matt? You're gonna give us a rundown. Yep. So we'll have pictures. On lines, so we had A, A, B, C, and D. So four. So, so, uh, so A was pancakes, slice of ham, a cup of applesauce, and hash browns. Applesauce. And Max, that was that was the Wapaka County breakfast on the farm hosted at Wapaka County Fairgrounds. Yep. So B. That's smart. That's a smart move, though. Like. All these counties are struggling to get farms to want. But how to do is it? breakfast on the farm at a fairground? True. That's true. Breakfast on the fairground. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I, I norm- if you can get it on a farm, I think that is really cool. But it is, but it's but a ton of work. No, and normally, my breakfast on the fairgrounds is a Brenda's lemonade and a gyro. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, not a chocolate malt. Huh? No, I don't. I, I, I'm, my money at the fair is spent pretty explicitly until about nine p.m. Then my spending habits might change a little bit. Before that, it's Brenda's lemonade, Brenda's gyros. <laughs> she gets it done. Boom. Not this year. Not Boy. this year. I'm gonna call her and see if I can get like uh, delivery to my house. <laughs> She's from Florida, so I mean it's probably gonna be a stretch. But Uber we'll eats, see. Uber eats, Uber eats. Yeah, that, that's gonna be a heck of a bill getting it from Florida here. She'll bring the whole semi up. <laughs> hey, if you get enough people, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe that can be the Tilth Company petition, uh, the company uh, Christmas party. 
<laughs> this year we can get Brenda's catered in. Food truck. Yeah. yeah, Brenda's from Florida. She, I think she has four stands at the fair. Four different, like, yeah. things. So, yeah. Sidebar there. Sorry. Nope, no problem. I get excited. All right. B was the cinnamon roll, eggs, hash brown, ham, and cheese cubes. And that was out of gamey. That's our, that's our home county. We've all eaten that breakfast, apparently, except for Max. We've, yep. all, we've all worked that one. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. C was Kiwani County, and that is the pizza. Stands out. Yogurt, sausage links, eggs, and cheese cubes. No hash browns, huh? There was not hash browns listed. There was deep fried cheese curds, oh. which would have oh, been yeah, they do boss, that too. but I didn't. I, wow. I, was I think you could not be troubled to deep fry some no, cheese curds. We were trying even just to get cheese curds and went to Quick Trip and they were all out oh. of their, yeah, they're running that $2 cheese curd bag. Yeah. So it was, that was, if you don't see cheese curd, I got the cheese cubes, but yeah, no curds Should have got there. Uh, the, no, I, the free dairy bag from the FFA. Yeah, they the had the day. cheese curds had in cheese there. Curds yeah. in there. All right, and finally D, which was Ocanto County, was pancakes, eggs, sausage links, and apple slices. And that's one I definitely have not been to. Yeah, so. I have not either. That one's an interesting where you got pancakes and the eggs. Like that, that one's got like that's everything. like the double whammy yeah. of the main course. I mean, and even like apple and orange slices is on. The, I mean, so what? That's a what was supposed to be the giveaway item on that one was the, the apple slices. The apple slices that that I didn't. Yeah, that's not very common at any of the other ones. No. And the combo of eggs with pancakes. So, so, so yeah, Max, way to go for not being able to eat, never eating a dairy breakfast and winning the dairy breakfast challenge. That's pretty impressive. Breakfast guy. I take note of breakfasts. <laughs> I love breakfast food, but I want to eat it at like 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm a big Brenner guy, breakfast that's, or dinner. That's totally legit. We do that all the time at home. The kids always love Huge yep. Brenner. Pancakes oh, yeah. at too. random times a day. Yep. I, I met a guy once, and he goes... My wife tried to make pancakes for dinner the other night, and that's just unacceptable. Like, she can't cop out like that making pancakes for dinner. And I was like, <laughs> dude, what are you complaining about pancakes for dinner? That sounds fantastic. Like, that's the best. That's my favorite dinner, probably. Get some little, you know, some porkies going, and you get oh, pigs yeah. in a blanket. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted stir fry or yeah, something like that. He was all about, st- yeah, I don't know. I was just like, that is a, that is a hot take. That is a hot take. <laughs> oh. So there you go. That was our June Dairy Challenge, the final one, number four, for this June Dairy Month. Until next year. Until next year. Till next June Dairy Month. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll try for it again. Our new ones. We got nine. We got uh, eleven months to come up with a new, with a new set of challenges. Yep, eleven months until hockey season. I mean, <laughs> till June Dairy Month season. Wrong, 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 wrong time. Yes. Yeah. All right. So let's get into our topic for today. So army worm. What is going on in the world of army worm, guys? It just exploded the last couple, well, last like 10 days. They're here. Yep. So, like, corn, right? I mean, a little bit in wheat, but pretty much you guys have been seeing it in cornfields. A little bit in corn, a little bit in wheat. A little bit in alfalfa. Yeah. And a lot of the corn, it's where you had... You know, cover crop or you ripped up a alpha field or tried, um, especially more no-till because it seems like when you tilled them up, you killed some of those worms. But, yeah, it's it follows a pattern, but at the same time, man, there'll be fields where you're like, well, this one shouldn't be too bad. And then you get in it and there's, they're you know, they're everywhere and you're finding them in the cracks of the soil and, you know, eating all the grass away and stuff. And yeah, I always... 
I always get a text picture from a farmer every year, like, oh, crap. You know, you get that picture, you see it. You just were in the fields a couple of days ago, and then they send this picture, and it's always inevitably, like, the worst spot in the field. And then you just immediately think, like, did I miss it or what happened? And they're like, oh, it was just in one spot. You know, it's like, okay, well, we'll, we'll look at that when we get back next it's week. A, it's a total panic every it is. time, it is. too. And it's that scariest picture ever where it's literally just, like, the skeleton yeah. of the corn plant, like, just yep. mid ribs hanging there. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my gosh. I uh, I got texted a picture last night about 8 o'clock from the seed dealer to one of the farms I work with of a bug. He go and the picture didn't load right away. And he said, "What bug is this? I have it all over." And I was like, "Oh no!" But he was just saying it was around his house, and he wanted to know what bug it was. And I was like, "Don't do that! Yeah. Like that's terrifying." <laughs> so worst thing you can do to a crop consultant: say, "I have it all over." Yeah, in every field. Or I, I just saw it, and I heard armyworm was bad. Is this is what is this? And I'm like, "Oh my god, here we go!" Yeah. yeah. No, I, the worst is. You know, when you get a little bit that's not quite as bad, and you're like, oh, okay, this is this is looking all right. And then you get a little further, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, they're headed this way. Yeah. It's not it's not that it's over. It's they're they just got started. I, yeah, the putting this together last night, guys, armyworm kind of derives from their behavior of migrating in large numbers, similar to an army would invade a country, right? So. They start out in one area and they can move. I've heard stories. I've never seen it, but of maybe it's just wives' tales of army worms cr- crossing a road and then we get a car crash because it's just like a oil slick. My grandpa tells that story. Does he? Yep. He tells that story all the time. He said, right, um, actually right on the intersection by, I mean, you know where the farm is now. You guys all do. Right there. He said he remembers when he was a kid, someone, and they got, he said it was pretty bad because they slid, you know, straight through the intersection and hit another car. So Yeah. And really, the easiest thing to do here, guys, is weed control and, you know, get your cover crops under control as best you can. Now we're planting green, so that maybe is more difficult, but those fields should definitely be targeted for scouting right away. Yep. And and usually, um, you know, May and June is when they come on. Reduced tillage is going to be a bigger issue we should watch out for um and it may may have may come in the whole field so make sure you scout the whole field most of the time um sometimes it's pockets but it can be the whole field what happens is um the eggs get laid in the grass that you have before you plant your corn then you obviously go in and plant your corn grass or or rye or whatever you have plant your corn you kill the weeds and they got nothing to eat so what are they going to do Oh, they're going to feed on that nice green corn plant that you don't want them to feed on. And that's where you get your issues. So cool, wet spring. Yeah, it kind of fits what we're a little bit. It's been hot, but it's been cool too. And now we're in a wet pattern. So that kind of promotes it too. Um, And the thing that I found is, is uh, they feed at night. So you, you know, you could go in the field and not see any worms, um, that's what's hard with these is being more of this nocturnal habit is, yeah, in the early morning, I usually till about 8, 9 o'clock, you'll still kind of see them out there. And then, yeah, midday, you really got to search. You know, you got to yeah. look, dig in the soil. They kind of, a lot of times if it's bigger corn, it's nice because they'll be just hanging out in the whirls. Yep. Um, that was crazy. Yesterday, I seen one where there was five army worm in one whirl just hanging out in the middle there when it was so hot. Um, but yeah, they are hard to find during the day. And then you get about six, seven at night, um, and they'll start kind of coming out again. 
and stuff. So I'm not sure it's necessarily nocturnal. It's more I just don't think they like the heat of the middle of the day. Right. It's one right. advantage to when you have them in wheat, the canopy, you know, it's usually later. The wheat's tall. Sometimes you will find them down on the ground at least, and they're there not, not hiding. Or if you have lodged wheat, uh, like some wheat I was looking at this week, you lift up that mat of lodge stuff, and then you'll if they're there, you'll see them there too. So they can just kind of hang out all day and gnaw on that. Well, and I think too, if really scout your shorter corn, because obviously there's less plant material for them to feed on, and the faster they can just chew it right down to nothing. I a non-client a couple of years ago called just a friend of ours, and and they couldn't figure out why their corn was going backwards, and it went out to the field, and they legitimately it was less than the skeletons. We were talking about the skeletons, but they had eaten the midrib and everything. It was like. Almost look like if a cutworm, you know how a cutworm takes it off at the soil surface and then just drops the plant there? Well, this just ate it right down to that point. Did yep. they come back? At they all? did, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, at least with armyworm, they eat it above the growing point. Right. They're not like cutworm or I mean, just... The corn was only two, yeah, was, two three inches small. small yeah. but it was like, yeah, this is why your corn's going backwards. And then you looked in the field and it was... It was all kind of grass weeds and and some cover, you know, um, some type of grass for cover too. So they had apple, ample places to lay their eggs, and that's why they were so bad. But yeah, right. I've seen that on. Uh, there's an organic farm. Todd knows who I'm talking about. Had some rye. He was using his green green manure, and they were just sitting under the rye all day, and they'd crawl out and eat, eat the plants right <laughs> down to the ground every, as soon as they would come up. Yeah, that's crazy. I've been told a couple times, and I don't know. I don't know that I've seen this pattern necessarily. I was guess pick your guys' brains about it. That armyworms really come out after like a hailstorm. Um, that mm. they see feeding pick up because of the. Uh, it must be with the exposed flesh of the corn after a hailstorm. The da- the damaged corn plants. I don't. That I think that's one of those like oh they crawled across the road and caused a car accident. It's one of those things. That's what I hear from these old farmers is that they always came on after a hailstorm. Hmm. I never so I heard know. that. If you guys you would had, think it would just be the hail damage that they're seeing, you know, like <laughs> right, it would, it would, jagged leaves, yeah, from right, that, right. But oh, like man. that, like that story of the car crash. He said there was a hailstorm, and then two days later, the army worms were so bad, right and then he's like, "That's what it was." And and he's told me that a hundred times now. But yeah, so I and then I heard a couple of his a couple other guys his age say it. So I didn't know if that's if you guys had ever seen that. I have not yet. But. Nope, I, had, I haven't seen that. So once once we have them, we know they're there. What are the thresholds, Bill, that we got to watch? Yeah, threshold uh, for corn anyway, it's 25% of the plants have two or more larvae. So you can have less less plants but more um, feeding. So we've got to watch that. And then um, if there's the – other, the other part of the threshold would be is if 75% of the plants have one larva. So more damage but less larva, then we got to look to – to get them treat, treated. Uh, in wheat, the threshold is three army worms, army worms per square foot. So that can get tricky because they're hiding in the in the chaff and everything underneath. So you really got to look for that. Um, we want to generally treat when they're three-quarters inch or smaller. Uh, the bigger they are, the yes, the more they're going to feed, but they get to be where they're nearly done with their life cycle. So um, treat them when they're smaller because they're only going to get bigger and feed more. And um, one thing I found this year was don't chintz on uh, rates of insecticide. Um, we had one field a week ago. The corn was probably two, three inches tall. It was late planted into winter rye. 
and um, found them. They're really chewing good. We sprayed them. We went back this week to check, and half were dead and half were not. Um, that's the second insight I heard. I was talking to a, a gentleman from the co-op yesterday and one of his clients that is not ours, but they, they were going back too again because the first time didn't it's work. It's hard to get them because they hide during the day. Right. Right. You almost have to spray at dusk or dawn. It's correct. So you can, so you can really actually get, get, yeah, get down to them. And the same co-op gentleman I was talking to was, we were talking to Todd about a client you mutually have with him on the rate they were going to go and they were going to go with a product called Yuma, which has two modes of action and kind of really jacked the rate pretty high to make sure they got them. So uh, Warrior works, um, Lord's Band works, Mustang Max works. Just make sure that we go maybe, the, you know, if they're a higher infestation, maybe go a little bit of higher rate on, on those to make sure you get them all. One thing to watch, corn, not as big of a deal, but if you are going to spray wheat fields, um, it is a 30-day harvest interval on most insecticides. There are a couple that are 14, but so you got to watch that harvest date, too, if you get too close with that when you're spraying. One other unique thing to watch is it's really fun when natural pests get them is a lot of times you'll see a ton of birds in these fields, and, man, they can really peg them off you know, nicely if you really do get a lot of birds I've seen that were, you know, not a real bad infestation, but one that's close to spray and we're like, yeah, we'll just leave it and watch it. And a couple of days go by and there's just hundreds of birds out there. And then the other cool thing is a parasitic wasp um, that'll kind of lay eggs in them and then sort of kill uh, them from the inside. You mean a murder hornet? Yeah. No, that's about <laughs> nope. what it is. It's not murder hornets, <laughs> but a murder wasp. So, you know, that's the other thing to watch that if all of a sudden you see some of them just dead out there, you know, there's a, that's a sign that, you know, there's hopefully more going to die. And, and sometimes you can have them just sort of naturally just kind of die naturally, which is, which is good. Then you don't have to apply insecticide. That is one of my favorite uh, moments with one of your farms, Todd, was uh, he had some army worm and it was just too wet. Couldn't get out there and spray and, uh, we found the parasitized ones and showed it to him, and he's like, "Yeah, that's what you get." And he's just like screaming at <laughs> he this was little trash blurb. talking it, yeah. trash talking the dead. Uh, yeah. He show that army worm who's boss. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. And that I will say, guys, that is something where if we can't get out there because it's raining, you know, we're in a pattern right now that it probably is important to talk to your your retailer that if you're going to have someone spray it for you, that maybe they can get an airplane in and do it. I think that would be important. Yesterday, talking about getting an airplane in to spray some, and um, the airspace was closed because Trump was oh, in town. Oh, so yeah. that did not happen. So the Didn't army happen. worm that won that day because of. <laughs> but no, I was able to what's, get a What's with Utah and presidents? No, I know. I was laughing about that. I actually got a picture of Air Force One did landing you? yesterday. I was out in the field, and I was like, "Oh, that's a big plane coming in." And yeah, it was it was Air Force One coming in to land, or it was around. Noon, one o'clock. Yeah. I don't know if that's yep. if that's when he's yep, here or not for sure. Said, but yeah. It, yeah, and there's a ton of helicopters. My phone went off. I want to say at like twelve fourteen to say that the president had landed. That he landed. Fox eleven sent out a, uh, yeah. a text alert or something. Yeah. yeah, there was. I I had to go to Green Bay, take my son to the orthodontist about four, and I noticed helicopters just kind of swirling was, around. Yeah, I suppose they're just. Even the last week, it, there was more helicopters just I think checking out oh, the area yeah. where he was going or something. So yeah, yeah. All right, so there you go. Army worm, scout form. Make sure you keep a close eye on the whole field. And insecticide will take care of them, but make sure you want to get that either early in the day or later in the day when they're more active. 
So now we'll move into our spotlight. So our spotlight today is FMC Corporation launches FMC Ventures. So, Bill, what's what's up with that? Yeah, the FMC thought it was kind of cool. They're kind of launching a venture capital kind of uh, company where they're going to invest in different things going on. So I thought that was neat in this day and age where um, money is tight and coronavirus stuff. We've got a company that's looking to invest in the new new products and new ideas. So um, so FMC Ventures, evaluating emerging technologies of relevance to the agriculture industry, will invest in those to create unique competitive advantage for their company. So obviously they want to do it to forward their brand. Um, they're going to look at artificial intelligence, genomics, robotics, precision ag, and... Uh, Stuff like that. So they're they're looking in the technology end of it. All right. So a little venture capital available for some different projects. That's kind of cool. I was thinking Mark Cuban when we talk about venture <laughs> the, capital. Are they going to have the egg shark tank? Shark yeah. tank style, yeah. Cow tank. Cow tank. Welcome to cow tank. They call it foot bath <laughs> instead. Yeah. It's a uh, trademark patent pending just yeah. uh, for anyone who's listening out there. Is that a, is a new episode of ours? Yeah, I think we'll have to start the Cow Tank podcast where we uh, bring in investors. I was just saying, we can have, we'll give you hundreds of dollars. <laughs> Your, ten, tens, tens of, of dollars. dollars. Okay. Ready for this one? Ready for this? Your idea is a bunch of bull crap. And for that reason, <laughs> I'm, I'm out. <laughs> this idea is only fit for the manure pit. I'm sorry. <laughs> but something. But that's what I'm trying to fund is a manure pit. Oh, well, then in that case... All right. There you go. Let's go into our egg history minute now with the dairy breakfast history. Gotta love the banjo. All right. So the Green County Agricultural Chest, sounds like a monopoly thing, as an organizational entity was formally finalized on May 8th, 1958. Its purpose was to promote the agricultural interest groups in Green County considerable amount of effort was put to promoting Green County's gold, those products of the dairy industry. So the first dairy breakfast was held at Judah Church in 1961. June Dairy Month kickoff breakfasts were held every year from 1961 through 1979 at various churches and schools where the event was held. Breakfast on the farm started as an idea of Green County egg chest enthusiasts at a meeting in November 12, 1979. The idea was to move the breakfast away from schools and churches to direct on-the-farm site. On-the-farm visitors could get first-hand knowledge of what makes up a modern dairy farm. The success has grown to where we expect 5,000 people to an event. We will use approximately 1,800 dozen eggs, 1,300 pounds of sausage, 5,000 half pints of milk, 126 gallons of ice cream, 3,500 Cartons of orange juice, 200 coffee cakes, 13 lugs of fresh strawberries, 110 pounds of butter, 400 pounds of cheese, and 26 jars of coffee. What is a lug of strawberries? I was going to ask the same thing. I'm not sure what the lug is. I've heard of flats. Is is like a lug like 10 flats or something like that? It's got to be, right? That is cool. I'm just thinking based on, you know. The the 200 coffee cakes is an interesting number, too. The rest of these are just huge and... So a fruit lug uh, is a standard box, so it's sold by weight rather than by bushel. So 
Uh, oh, it's probably like, you know, when you go to festival foods or whatever and they got the plastic packages inside oh, yeah, a box, in a, box. I, a fruit box, yeah, right? Yeah, for the whole thing. Yep. Yeah. So a lug, let's see, blueberries. Let's see if I can find strawberries here quick. Ah. It is about 300 gallons of milk. So that's 21,000 eggs, too. That's pretty cool. They should uh they should do it. You can get milk straight out of the bulk tank when you see how yeah. that goes over. <laughs> yeah. I would probably not good. I mean pretty, I'd I'd be all for it. It's pretty neat how we we're teasing Wapaka County for being at a fairgrounds and how it started at schools it, and yeah. churches and you know, and that they decided to move it to farms is kind of a neat thing to the direct on the farm site well, in the seventies so and eighties. I wonder what in nineteen seventy nine the there it was talking about Matt, you said um People get firsthand knowledge of a modern dairy farm. What a modern dairy farm looked like in 1979 versus versus today, yeah, 2000. I, I could think of probably a couple farms around here that do look like the modern dairy farm from 1979. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, no, it's definitely different. I mean, I think about just where you know we were last year. They had a they had a hundred cow rotary parlor. I do not think they had one of those at the first dairy <laughs> breakfast. No, no, they probably didn't have a hundred cows. Correct. In 79. Probably not. Yep. Look at all 40 of my cows. Look how happy they are. So I found, it says a crate, which I'm assuming would be the same as a lug, you know, the standard size, is 36 pounds of strawberries. So how many lugs? Was it 13? Yeah. So 13 times 36, that's a big number. A lot of, that's 400 some strawberries, pounds of strawberries. Sounds 468 good. to be exact. There you go. It does sound good right about now. It is pretty amazing Honestly. the numbers of people that come to dairy breakfast now. Is the biggest one I ever had 8,000. Wow. And that was a lot of people. Did they run out of food? Yeah. Which, yeah, usually yeah. they end up running out before I mean, noon. That's, Which uh, county was that? Um, both Outagamey, Ode, we hit close to that once in Fond du Lac. Okay. It was both those. And Do you think it depends big, where in the counties they have them? Yeah, if you're by a big city, yeah. it sure helps. I think yep. it I think it even depends which farm it's at. If it's at a larger dairy, I think you tend to it, get more people. Just I th- it seems I've seen it both ways, but yeah, I, it just seems like I would agree I, with Bill if you're by a population center. Yeah, if it's sure easy to get to, plenty of parking. The weather that weather, day. Weather, yeah, yeah, lots of factors. Yeah, that's that 40 I, degree today and raining, Max. You probably did not have a record. It crowd. was still, there was still a lot of people. <laughs> I think they still fed all of 5,000. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I, kudos it, to them. It's it a was shout a big, out to those people that have to plan that. And, you know, there's so many variables you have to guess at how many people are going to show up. It's just the fact that they can feed over 5,000 people is, it's like, it's pretty good. It's like farm tech days, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Todd, tell us about NAICC. All right. If you like what you're hearing and you want an independent crop consultant in your area, please go to NAICC, which is the National Alliance of Independent Crop Consultants. And at NAICC.org, you will find a consultant in your area. Max, how can they subscribe to our podcast? Uh, You can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and almost all other podcast platforms other than Spotify. I Three people asked me this week, I can't find you on Spotify. We are not on Spotify. We'll have to, we'll have to do that. We're also trying to get on that Alexa thing. So you can just say, Ooh, hey, Alexa, hey, Alexa, play Tilt Talk Radio. Nice. Yeah, we're working on it. That's like so. big news if we can get yeah. that going. Oh, is that? Okay, we'll, have to get, be... the, we'll get the news horn out. If yeah, we, we, get, we need Alexa on our team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, don't forget to like 
us and check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Tilt Talk Radio. And send us questions, please. Yep. Any, any suggestions? We are willing to take, I, take I, up the time. We, we I, will listen to them or what? No. We we'll listen to them. We may not air them, but we will listen. <laughs> Matt will read them to us because you know, so the rest of us can understand. Matt will read them to us, and then we'll try and do our best to answer them. Right, Matt? That's right. All right, cool beans, or that's corny for this week. So let's start with the cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. All right, Pioneer launches a new mobile pest ID tool. So now you can just go to your app. And start does, scouting, right? Does it identify army worm? Yes. So Threat ID as part of the Pioneer Seeds app empowers growers to make more rapid and informed decisions regarding issues they see while walking their fields. It has the ability to effectively identify crop issues, and they can then leverage the Pioneer agronomy team to its full capacity to get treatment recommendations for the issues they see in their fields. Maybe we should do this. We are this. Yeah. We are. It's kind of <laughs> what we do. They, they text us pictures, and then we, we, yeah. we don't need a threat ID app. We just get a notification on our phone. Yeah, like Max said before, I get this text. What is this? <laughs> there you go, threat ID. I was the app before the app existed. Yeah. <laughs> Max ID. We are the app in real life. But no, still kind of a cool little tool. Uh, part of a growing number of pioneer apps that they are putting together with yield estimation rate estimators and now threat id so i was i was at a client yesterday a longtime client it's a husband and wife team that are in their mid to late 70s and they still farm and they're giving her and and uh, they've been like flip phones no phones house phone you got to call the house phone well yesterday i got in there and the wife had a smartphone and and they were playing with it and they were having a good old time so even the older generation is picking up on these and maybe they'll be using something like this so yeah i mean with auto steer and everything else we know that's what guys are sitting in their tractor while they're they're going down the field like oh what's that i'm excited for every new app that comes out because every everyone seems to be another tool that we can try and use to make the best decision possible you know when you can when you can run through and talk to 14 different people and get their opinion and then use six different apps to get an opinion you can really like make sure you're nailing down all the corners before you make a decision i think that helps or it could muddy up the waters it can do that too <laughs> but we really hope that it the the first of the two but yes it does that quite often as well <laughs> so there you go threat id from pioneer now are that's corny for the week Corn drops to a six-week low. Soybeans sink on favorable U.S. weather. When's the last time you heard that? Yeah, well, the good weather means prices are going down. Yeah. We were just having this conversation yesterday with the, with the grower and how we keep hearing these things about, oh, yeah, uh, China's buying more corn or this or that, and somehow we still end up with the price going down. Or something counteracts the good things to where we just hold the same way. So we're doing too good of a job, we're gentlemen. Producing too much. Yeah. Yep. We gotta cut back. No one wants to cut back. So yeah, corn fell to three seventeen and soybeans settled at eight sixty nine and winter wheat was at four eighty six. The money crop this year. The winter wheat. 
It's always interesting to watch that around harvest time when, you know, wheat can move actually quite a fair amount. Yeah, I think wheat's the most volatile as harvest goes. We, it seems has, like it. Bill, how many was it? How many winter wheat harvests are there throughout? It's like one every two weeks or something like that. You know, somewhere there's a large winter right, wheat start start. So in the south and then just keeps, yeah, yeah, and I'm just saying worldwide. I worldwide, think, it's just... Yeah. And so it's just unreal how that can... Where beans and corn, it's usually, you know big harvest it's three or four maybe or two i don't know what exactly but yeah it's, yeah i mean it, it seems like different like august september october september october november where wheat i think they're in kansas right now and we're a month away from harvesting yet yeah oh easily yeah at least that yeah yeah and, and i think locally straw is gonna be ridiculous yeah because no one's got yeah. anything i got a guy that planted barley this year we're gonna cut it next week just so we could make it into it's going to be the opposite where I have guys always ask me like, oh, I'm just going to leave the straw out in the field and yeah. take the grain. It's like this time it's like, uh, maybe just take the whole, like just leave the grain and take the straw. <laughs> yeah. That's your moneymaker. Plant your cover crop with the grain. There so. you go. There is a farm that uh, that I've seen that they, they do triticale and then they um, just chop it. They don't try and combine it. They just cut it down, chop it for straw. And that, I mean, it seems to work really well for them and, I could see a lot of guys trying that this year as we're short on straw. Yep, we've got some poorer wheat fields that we kept just for straw. Mm-hmm. That'll that's what's gonna happen. They'll get chopped. So all right. And then finally we'll wrap up here with a little GDU check in. So what's our GDU uh update here, Bill? Yeah, I thought I'd take a, a northern city, southern city, and then home base. So I picked Krivitz, Wisconsin. It's pretty for us it's pretty up there and Shout out, shout out to all my people in Kervitz. Yay. Yep. <laughs> so, I don't know how many listeners we have up there, but I love going to Kervitz. Yeah. And I did some consulting up there for a while, so I know how, how chilly it can get. So to date, we're at 577. Uh, normal is 615, so we're off about 40. And last year, they were at, at this time last year, they're at 419. So we're more than 100 ahead of last year. So that's good for them yeah. guys, especially. Uh, home base Seymour here, we're at 656. Normal is 660, so we're just right out four. There. So we're right there. Yeah. Right on normal. And last year we had 457, so uh, 200 shy last year. So big, big bump this year. That's why we got corn almost waist high I'd, already. You know? I'd, I had corn <laughs> on my ears yesterday. Ooh. That's tall. I was in some tall <laughs> stuff yesterday. All right. Then, were you Matt. laying down or? <laughs> <laughs> I was I was kneeling, but still. <laughs> yeah. What county was that in, Max? That was uh, Washera County. Yeah. I had some really tall stuff. Nice. nice. And then I picked Madison. It's technically Sun Prairie was the zip code because I lived there and I remembered the zip code and I don't <laughs> know any Madison zip codes. But So it's technically Sun Prairie, but they're at 690. Their normal is 735, so they're they're off too. Um, about, about just shy of 50. And last year they were at 564. So they're well ahead of, well ahead of that too. So bottom line is we're about normal. So Which I would have guessed we would have been above that, yeah. but we've had kind of hotter days and then almost a little bit I cooler thought, days. There's been no middle. But I would say the good part, too, with the hot days is we haven't really pushed past the 86 mark. No. We've been more mid-80s. And next week, next week this looks will be different. awesome for yeah. growing deer units. It's going to be like a maxed out week all 86 week. 86 every day yeah. next week. I th- I Which thought, means it's less awesome for us walking the field. Correct. But, you know. Hey, this corn weather. It's July. It. I thought we it's were. July, Matt. I thought we were going to stop using the the N word normal. I thought we, that word was gone. I thought we were going to use typical. Av- average, 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 typical. 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 Yep. So it, it always ends up average in the end. So 
just glad to see we're closer to average this there year you. than well below like we were last I, year. I got yelled at twice this year for using the word normal, so I, now I'm like very like, oh, we should really not use that because I get yelled at. So you're saying it doesn't exist. Normal doesn't yeah, exist. That that was the exact argument. Why do you keep saying normal? We haven't had normal in 50 years. <laughs> Maybe that is normal. It's true. That is true. All right. Well, that'll do it for today. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks, Thanks for, for having us, Matt. So today we talked about army worms, what to look for, and what to do to take care of them. FMC's launching FMC or launching, not launching, FMC Ventures, a venture capital. So if you're looking to get that hot idea, maybe call up FMC. Dairy Breakfast History and Egg History Minute. Cool Beans That's Corny was Pioneer's new threat ID tool and corn and soybean prices sinking. So our GDUs are almost in line with typical average as we talked. Thanks for listening, and as always, happy farming.